Welcome back to the Twilight Terrors. We're your hosts, Julia and Lakin. And in this episode, we're we're just gonna like go through and recap some cases we've already covered. And Lakin, I think you have the first one pulled up and ready to go. So if you want to dive right in, yeah. So the Long Island serial killer, we have some updates on that that mm-hmm. we want to share. So Rex Hureman was ordered by the judge to submit a DNA sample for investigators to compare, as we talked about previously with yes. the pizza crust. Yes. And they also have. T- over 2,500 pages of evidence being used to prosecute him. And that's absolutely insane because I know we're going to talk about Coburger a little later too, but like I thought that was a lot and they said they had over a thousand pieces. So to have over 2,500 pieces of evidence is insane. Yeah. For especially a case that was cold for like what, 10 years, 10 plus. And also um, a Jane Doe, Jane Doe number seven was identified okay. as um, Karen Vergata. She was 36 and she was also working as an escort, which that okay. kind of fit his MO. Yes. As he, most of his victims were, yeah, yeah, female escorts. I will say I was looking some things up on this too. And the Jane Doe who is now identified as Karen, wasn't it true she was missing since, like, what, 1996 yeah. or something like that? Yes. So, I mean, we're going on, what, 27 years now? That's insane. I mean, that's crazy. And like, this thanks man, to DNA oh, evidence, that's how they identified her, too, which is crazy. so insane. I know it makes you wonder, like, how many cold cases are going to get cracked with new DNA evidence that comes up. And... Hopefully some of the parents that are still, or just family members or people that cared for these victims. Yeah, they just get their closure. Yeah, because it's so hard not knowing and just going missing. You don't know if they're missing, if they're running away, if they died. Like, it helps the family receive closure that they all deserve. But Mm -hmm. I think the amount of evidence that they have against him is going yeah. To definitely show. However, his lawyer, Michael Brown, stated when you have a high-profile case like this, initially you have to be concerned about getting a jury that hasn't been biased, that hasn't convicted him just based on what they've read in the newspapers and what they've heard on social media. So that's going to be a challenge. Which in any high-profile case, we do know that it is yes. hard to find jurors, which is why it takes yeah. so long. Yep. However... Once again, we talked about all of the evidence. There's so much evidence against him. Yeah. That, yeah. And I think no matter what, even if a jury does kind of have some type of bias, like at the end of the day, it is going to come down to evidence. Like if they aren't having documents that are like concrete evidence or it's only circumstantial, like they have to be pulled enough. You know, you're either going to sentence this man to death or life. And at that point, like if I were a juror, Sure, I'd have bias, but I mean, hearing everything, like I follow true crime, so I probably wouldn't be the best juror, but (laughs) you know, just like thinking if I were in their position, like if I'm hearing a bunch of circumstantial evidence, it'd be really hard to throw someone in jail for the rest of their life or put them on death row. Agreed. It's definitely, you have a big responsibility being a juror. And I think, you know, you have to take that seriously. Listen to all of the evidence. Yeah. Um, from the evidence that we've heard with, like, the DNA, the phone pings in the locations, yes. his search search histories, yep. his location history, like, there's just so much against him that I, mm-hmm. I think it would be very difficult for him to get out of this. 
Yeah. Something else that I found interesting was he came in out and spoke saying that his arrest was traumatizing to him. Oh. That's just you know, how traumatizing was it for your victims? And that's what I would like to say. Like being arrested was traumatized. You killed how many people? Right. Literally. That's pretty sickening. I honestly. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and his wife has also filed for divorce during this time. As so. she should. Because, <laughs> like, in the past, he was living a double life. They had no yeah. idea. He had kids, a wife. Oh, yeah. And that's the, that's a narrative that you see a lot of the time. Yeah. With these, like, serial killers or just any murderer, like, in general, like, when it's a family connection, everybody thinks it's okay from the outside. And then when stuff like this comes out, people are like, what? How did this happen? Like, people are so good at keeping their secrets, which is terrible. I mean... But, like, we see it way more than, like what we should exactly and with him he thought that he was going to get away with it for so long i mean the cases were cold yeah yep for years in the span of this went on it's kind of crazy because sometimes i feel like i'll just look up you know active serial killers just to see if there's like anything out here like close to me i don't know i again just i i don't know but I looked that stuff up and I had seen this Long Island serial killer and I was like, that's weird. Like, I never hear anything about this anymore. I honestly didn't even know that there was an active task force on it. Like, I figured they were just like, okay, if they get a tip, they'll investigate it. But they have been actively looking Mm -hmm. for years and years and finally it's paid off. Yeah, which I'm very grateful for and I hope that these people once again get closure that they deserve and he gets the like yes the sentence he deserves we'll have to keep you guys updated on when you know this actually goes to trial i highly doubt this will be broadcasted these high profile cases like very rarely are they actually broadcasted like you'll just get your daily updates as the proceedings go through so we'll have to see where this takes us and when sentencing is scheduled in the you know actual trial is set because i don't think any information has come out about that not yet so but you know we just wanted to keep updated on this because this is this is a bigger deal like we don't have really active serial killers getting tried so it's interesting however now with the coburger case yes (laughs) yes which they are maybe finding connections to other murders Mm -hmm. that he potentially has and I don't want to like we're not trying to speculate too much on that end but we have to think about how did this person who hypothetically will give him a clear clean slate has never murdered anyone go into a house and kill four people in and out within what was it 30 minutes Mm -hmm. someone who's never killed someone before can just go in and overtake four people one being a male as well. And be in and out. And they had defensive wounds. Yeah. So it's like, it's hard to believe that that was his first time. And once again, I know that this part um, with the Coburger is a lot of speculation. And mm-hmm. we don't typically go off of that. But it is just interesting. And just a different perspective. Yeah. And I wouldn't, it is. And I wouldn't be completely surprised if there are more. Just because... A first being a quadruple homicide, and like you said, the very unlikely. Of it, yeah, that aspect of it is very hard to comprehend. And it seemed like he, you know, had kind of like stalked them and knew their routine, and like 
you see a lot of those like serial killers out there like they have stalked their victims they do know routines some of them are yeah random you know they go up but a lot of the time like their victims have been watched for maybe not multiple days but like for hours leading up to so it is interesting you know of course when you have a quadruple homicide like this any other case in that area even remotely close is going to be looked at and tried to be tied into I'm sure that police are looking into any possibility just so, again, families can get closure if if that is the case. Yeah, and as a reminder, he was a criminology major, mm-hmm. major and going back for his PhD. So I think that aspect, like possibly if he tried just doing like a single murder and this right. was his, he wanted to try to mm-hmm. like up himself in a very, you know, sickening way, but... Mm-hmm he could know how maybe he thought he could you know know how to get away with yeah it's definitely I don't know this case like still has such a grip on me like until this goes to trial when it fully ends like my heart just goes out to those families I mean what parent could imagine not only like their kid but this was such a close group of friends like I mean, it's just so devastating all around. And I think that's what it, like, really hits close to home. Like, we're in college. Yeah. And I think that's why we're we're seeing this in real time. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, Mm -hmm. like, we're just very invested in it. Yeah. And there was, so there's been a lot going on. He has been to a couple different, um, like, pre-trials, I guess you could call them, um, in a different couple of different hearings and he has come out with an alibi um I to say the least was shocked when I heard this alibi I really don't know what was going through his lawyer or attorney's mind um so basically he is saying that his alibi is the fact that he was out driving alone the night of the crime driving alone what kind of alibi is that? <laughs> and if you were a defense lawyer, I have, how do you... I have no words. A defense lawyer for a quadruple homicide. And you're going to say he's driving alone. The point of an alibi is to have it's someone to... like corroborate what you were doing. And you're going to say he's driving alone? That's so incriminating. So incriminating. I, how, I don't know how they think that's going to hold up. I don't know if they have something else that they're just not releasing or not Unless saying they can yet. Absolutely prove that he was not in the still area. Even yeah, not in the area. But his phone pinged there. Yeah. His I I'm just like, how do you work around that? This is gonna be interesting. This. And they're you know they were trying to get the trial like pushed I think or pushed back something along those lines, and the judge did say point blank. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but as far as I know, the trial is set for October 2nd. So that has not changed. And good um, for the judge for continuously yes. being firm on this. And I think throughout this whole trial, making sure that it is a fair trial, yes. that justice is served. served. Yep. If it applies. but And this judge, I mean, it seems like it's maybe been a while, but at the end of the day, like, this has been, this has all happened less than a year ago. This all happened last November. So the fact that he is going to be put on trial before the one year anniversary of this crime, like that is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It seems, I mean, of course, like you want it to happen as soon as possible, but 
they have to gather all the documents in the case, like we said. There's over a thousand pieces of evidence here. So much evidence to go through trying yeah. to find an unbiased jury. Yeah. It's a it's a very long process. And then they did the secret grand jury. Yes. To just indict him. So that was a whole nother process. And yeah. when you do that, it does take longer for the actual trial and sentencing to occur. So that's why instead of June, we're now waiting till October. But I think it was for the best, you know, Without a doubt, he will go to trial now. So I think it's a good thing that that was done. And it is a good sign that the state felt confident enough to take that step. Because a lot of the times, like, this doesn't happen because they don't think they have enough evidence. So they must have a lot ready to take to trial. Yeah. So it's definitely interesting. Yeah, and I'm excited to be able to see how this trial plays out. Yes. And I'm very see intrigued. The evidence coming forward. I don't think that this one will be televised um, either. I think the motions that they had filed, like way back in what, like March? Yeah. Um, that this was not going to be a public trial. It will be closed. Yeah. Um, not many people are going to be allowed in that courtroom. Understandably so. Right. Yeah. You're going to want to keep this as closed as possible. Like, you don't want any outside influence nothing there um so i think that'll be closed but again we should be getting like nightly updates as the trial proceeds so we will definitely be keeping track and documenting everything with both of these cases um they're definitely very too high profile yeah um cases so it's going to be interesting to see how these play out and the one thing that i'm definitely watching for in the coberger case is whether the death penalty will be in play or not. Yes, because that's been a big conversation. And I don't know how I forgot to mention this, and I haven't even told you this yet. So one of the victims, the Idaho victims' families, they went to this recent proceeding, like last week or two weeks, whatever it was. They wore pro-death penalty shirts (gasps) just to, like, get under his skin. That was reported that they were wearing, like, oh, literally pro-death penalty my. shirts. Mm-hmm. I was, like, I'm kind of shocked that the judge let them even, like, because a lot too. of the time, like, that can oh, be very, can... like, you could get kicked out for that. But, wow. honestly, I think they the judge is, like, statement. you lost, yeah. So, it's obvious what the families are pushing for, Um, which yeah. I, I think that's, like, a pretty big deal, honestly. Yeah. It's kind of wow. shocking that they've went to that measure but um that's another thing that i'm definitely watching for is to see if he'll get i mean either way if he doesn't get the death penalty he's most more than likely going to get life without the possibility of parole um but it will be interesting to see if they seek the death penalty because the state has been making all these movements to bring back the The firing firing squad because the um the lethal injection drug isn't it's on back order. So you look, and it's not just in Idaho. No, Ohio it's... has over 120 inmates on death row that have not been put to death since 2020. It's across the nation yeah. that it, there's low supply. And I think this is like, I mean, I guess we're kind of getting yeah. off topic, but this is, I, it's yeah. still related. Um, I think we'll see more states that don't want to get rid of the death penalty bring back 
older methods. So I think we will start seeing the firing squad more often. The electric chair, mm, I don't know. But I think the firing squad would be the first one to probably come back if they're not getting that lethal injection drug more produced. And I think that other states will follow suit depending on yes. how this all goes down yep. in the trial. This is going to be, a, I mean, I don't even think people understand like the magnitude that this case will have if he is given the death penalty. Oh, this holds a ton of influence. Because no one will let him sit on death row like other random inmates are. Like people are going to push no. for him to get it done. And I know that there's been a couple other like like, who was the other one? Um, Nicholas Cruz. Was he ever put to death? Or is he still on death row? Because he was sentenced to death. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if... Like, that's another instance of, yeah. like... There is inmates that can't sit there forever. So, and I guess we, we did look it up. But Nicholas Cruz was spared. Um, he has life without the possibility of parole because in order to give the death penalty it has to be the jury has to be unanimous in that decision so it only takes one juror and i know that's what the defense always targets they will look for the weak juror yes and they will try and swing them yep so it's going to be a big deal you know if if brian does get the death penalty it will take a unanimous jury so the state has their work cut out for them if that's what they're going for um it's going to be it's going to be interesting it's going to take a lot to get that jury to be unanimous in that decision. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what all comes out of it. But I think that's all we have. Um, definitely stay tuned. We have some exciting things coming up. Um, yes. And we're so excited to share that with you guys. But yeah. for now, thank you for listening.